You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. All right. uh, Many people talking about the Queen's funeral and lots of different angles. The one fascinating issue is there are world leaders there from all over, and they are there to pay tribute to the Queen, but also... Uh, backdoor meetings, conversations and such about what is going on in the world, whether it's the economy, whether it's inflation, whether it's the Russian invasion of Ukraine, this has become a sort of unofficial funeral summit. Let's bring in Dr. Dr. Jack Cunningham, Program Coordinator at the Bill uh, Graham Centre for Contemporary International History, Trinity College and the Monk School uh, at the University of Toronto and with us now. Jack, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. I am well, Scott. Good to be with you again. So all of these world leaders in one spot, a lot of people talking about security and keeping them all protected, but what does go on behind the scenes, the cocktail parties, the what have you, the informal gatherings? Does this become an informal summit of sort? In some ways it does. I mean, some years back, the uh, the classic British sitcom, Yes, Prime Minister, had an episode revolving around something called a working funeral. This is sort of a working funeral. And uh, a lot of what happens will be what what uh, what happens at the event will take place in the bilateral meetings that the various leaders will have with uh, with one another, the so-called pullicides. And there are at least uh, two things that are uh, are likely to be discussed. One is the fact that the situation in Ukraine seems to be entering a new phase. Ukraine has regained a lot of territory. It's put Russia at least temporarily on the defensive. And the question go, goes out, uh, where do we go from here? There's also the fact that many of the world leaders there will have had little or no contact with the new British Prime Minister, Liz Truss, who's just been in office a few days, and they'll want to uh, size her up, see where uh, where she uh, may, may differ from her uh, predecessor, where she may follow the same lines of policy, and get some sense of where the UK is likely to go under her leadership. So, are how formal or informal are these? Is there agenda? Is there an agenda? Are you know we're all going? So, who can we meet with? This is all planned ahead of time, or is this more casual? It 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 can be pretty casual, and often there is no fixed agenda. It's simply a case of responding to events as they break. So, uh, you said uh, obviously the Russian invasion of Ukraine and how things have changed there. Uh, that's one discussion. Give us an idea of other things that they may discuss and how prominent these issues are. Well, they may also discuss the situation around uh, China and Taiwan, which is looking increasingly tense. And uh, the fact that uh, Australia and New Zealand are there uh, and uh, that. Uh, that they're represented may make uh, make it more likely uh, than not that this will be discussed as well as another potential flashpoint in the globe. So with this changing of the guard after 70 years on the reign, and, and we, all, we all know that this is about democracy as well, but there is some silent uh, influence there. With this changing of the guard, how does this change things in the world moving over, uh, moving forward? How does this change the tone moving forward? Well, the uh, the Queen came from a different generation than her uh, her successor, and that'll be obvious. Uh, he is perhaps by temperament and background a bit more of an individualist and a, and a bit less restrained by by instinct than she was. And uh, some years back, the uh, the British historian Tristram Hunt 
had a magazine article that speculated that Charles could uh, could be the, the source of a fair bit of difficulty when he succeeded to the throne because of his tendency to uh, to be fairly opinionated and not be as shy as royals traditionally are about uh, about voicing his opinions. So is this, we were talking about this informal summit, is this about leaders talking to each other or is this more about, is it more about the leaders talking to each other or more about getting an ear with the king? I think it's more about them uh, talking to each other. The, uh, the the British monarchy is of primarily ceremonial importance, if that, to most of those who are gathered. Uh, they're gathered there in tribute to an individual even those uh, those those countries that are part of the Commonwealth and have the king as sovereign are not uh, are not uh, are not having a uh, a direct policy making role by uh, by the king. So there will be relative there's relatively little scope, I suspect, for policy heavy discussions on that front. It's going to be more sounding each other out, seeing what. Uh, what uh, this leader thinks about the current world situation, what this leader thinks is likely to develop in this particular global flashpoint, and how uh, how we ought to respond. How will China or Russia react, and Russia react to this, and the world attention this has received, and the fact that all these letter, uh, leaders are together, and perhaps chatting informally? How, how does China and Russia react? Uh, probably with some degree of suspicion, some degree of skepticism, they are on. Neither is likely to welcome the idea that uh, that all of their potential rivals are are gathering in the same city. Are we likely to see any change in the world or the world order as a result of this? Like I said, the tone changing. Uh, the tone changes, but again, the uh, the monarchy is a ceremonial institution. Yeah. Its uh, its effect on the policy of even uh, even Great Britain is likely to be pretty pretty modest. Although the uh, the king does constitutionally have the uh, the right to uh, to be to to consult, to warn, and to advise the uh, the prime minister, I, I I suspect Charles will not be shy about doing that. Uh, but uh, that is uh, that is a matter for uh, for him and Prime Minister Trust to try to negotiate. I suspect for others it will be of relatively marginal significance. Dr. Jack Cunningham with us, program coordinator, Bill Graham Center for Contemporary International History in Trinity, uh, Trinity College and the Monk School, as well, uh, or sorry, all part of University of Toronto, talking about the informal meetings that go on when the leadership gathers at a funeral such as this. Jack, thank you for the time. Be well. You too, Scott. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.